Genre. to Spider-Man Minute, the daily podcast where we stare out of a window dramatically as we analyze and celebrate Spider-Man 3, one photography contest minute at a time. I'm Zach Luna. I'm Scott Corelli. And I'm full of stick'em, Niall McGowan. (laughs) (laughs) And I am John Parker of That Minute. Thanks for coming back, guys. We've had fun with you all week. Oh, thank you. <laughs> always always happy to come and talk about Spider-Man at any given <laughs> opportunity, really. So oh, yeah. thanks for having us. Absolutely. Th- thank yeah, you for yeah, introducing me to um, this movie and uh, well, just for, for helping me appreciate Spider-Man on a whole other level. <laughs> That's oh. so kind. Yeah, we're glad, man. Um, we're finishing out the week with Minute 40 today, which is the minute that begins with J.J., Doing a little shoo-shoo hand gesture and ends with uh, Stan Lee striking up a conversation with Peter Parker. Mm-hmm. That nice. Uh, again, though, that was like once you the, once the minutes were sent, I was like, "Holy crap!" There's like we're getting some JJ gold. You get Gwen Stacy falling off a thing, and then the last minute, I was like, "Oh my Christ, we're getting a Stan Lee cameo as well!" Like, what a week. <laughs> yeah, some action scenes too. The whole shebang. It's good yeah, ones. I said that does help when the the film has a slightly rushed pace that just a lot of stuff happens. Oh yeah. Um, oh yeah. So uh so we're back with um Jonah and everybody in the uh, in the bugle and um you know we we talk about it all the time how the the iconic look of characters how like JK Simmons has really nailed this, you know, uh, take on JJ. Uh, but there's just something the, the opening of this minute, the like comic book frame where we have like Betty Brandt with her hair and J. Jonah Jameson with his mustache and his cigar and behind them, the like the newspaper uh, front page with Spider-Man on it where I just kind of go. It's one of those moments where I'm like, oh, a Spider-Man movie. Like, yeah, <laughs> look at that frame. Like, that's a Spider-Man movie. Ah! <laughs> I get excited all over again. Yeah, I could picture the comic book panel of this exact shot, to be honest. Yes. It mm-hmm. looks like one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and yeah. a week full of great character facial moments. This is a great one. The fact that, like, you know, so Eddie's delivered his like, you know, greatest one of the greatest newspaper editors of our times, J. Jonah Jameson. And he looks at him such overwrought sincerity. Um, and then fit. we look at him. <laughs> but it's the fact then that you look because Jonah's kind of you know he's been captivated by this, and then it's Betty. She got this look of like, oh, that's. She does it. That's low. You've clearly that's going to get to him. And then when he does the little hand wavey thing, she has to look up. Oh Christ! Like yeah, it was, all right, she got he got him. So then there's no way the Eddie Brock has won the situation now. I know that Jonah. The way to get that man's heart straight away is to just stroke his ego. Yeah. So, oh yeah. It's, <laughs> it's like she can't even help Pete anymore at that point. Like she's like, it's not even worth putting up a fight. Sorry. Like, yeah. It's a lost cause, buddy. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I, I, I do. Uh, I, I, I love that this is working on him. I think 
less that he believes that this is true, but more that he just likes hearing it. And so if there's someone that could be around that could constantly say that, he would be into it. Because I bet you this is more like what uh, what what Hoffman was like when he first got the job at the Bugle, and then he just got more and more sniveling over time. <laughs> uh, you know, totally. to the point where he literally, like, you know, quotes Star Wars and just like, I care. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, uh, what, what was the situation too? Was this like Hoffman's sniffle sense tingling, where he's like, it's an opportunity to suck up, so he jumps in the room. Was like, I care. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, I assume he was coming in with, like, another idea. Like, well, what if we did this instead? Um, but then, like, heard, like, does anyone care what I want? I care. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Again, and, like, and, love, like uh, Jonas was like, you know, get up. Or, Shut up. Get up. Like, just <laughs> not even looking at him. Just barely even reacts. It's just like, it's an impulse to him. Just to, yeah. whatever he says, just tell him to get out. Yeah. I just, it's a joke that's, like... It's funny because it could only exist in like the third movie of these. The like, what ways can we play with the Hoffman dynamic? Um, yeah. I mean, it'd be like amusing if this was the first time we'd seen J. Jonah Jameson, but it's much better with like the long history of all the dumb crap that Hoffman says. And he's like, you know, what do you want? Raise, get out. All, all that stuff we've had oh, yeah. for, you know, what is it, five years at this point that this franchise has existed? You do um, need to know the characters. I just think I think it, it's yeah. not as funny otherwise. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I just like that it's one of the few times that really I can feel the legacy of time in this, uh, this franchise is like that Hoffman joke, where it's just he's just so tired. Yeah, get yeah. up, get out. <laughs> <laughs> so we uh, we learn that there is a staff job because he fired somebody, um, and uh, uh, he's uh, ready to put them up against each other um what's interesting is like right away he's just gonna give the job to brock and continue letting peter just struggle (laughs) in 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 financial ruin uh it's it's like kind of uh you know for for a guy who was protecting peter in the first film it is a little off kilter for his character i think like it's just there for the joke a little bit, mm-hmm. you know, um, to a point where, like, I don't think Jonah would need to be reminded that Peter is really the one who deserves this. But then, you know, you I guess you could also take into consideration, like, maybe he's thinking in terms of like, well, let's 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 light a fire under this kid's ass. Let's, uh, you know, give him a little mm-hmm. competition and then uh, he'll he'll really shine. He'll give me what I've been wanting this whole time, which is, you know, spider a picture of Spider-Man's hand in the cookie jar. Yeah, that it's like Brock is a means to an end rather than an actual replacement. Like he's he's going with what Brock's up to because this is the way he wants his employees to talk to him. This would this oh this would be nice. Um, even if he doesn't buy it, and if he can, like push, if he can set up a situation that gets Peter to give him better stuff, that's the real goal. I don't I don't think, I mean at least this is my take on it. I don't think he ever intends to actually give Brock the job. Right. Basically. Right. Mm. Yeah. See, there is you another way like you a- could assume. You know, sometimes you don't know what you've got through familiarity as well like maybe peter's become mm. part of the furniture mm-hmm. he's just he's there he's always it. there he's always going to be there so yeah he kind of doesn't think about him maybe 
I mean, mm. then, then again, I mean, let's let's be totally honest. Uh, he doesn't have any intention of hiring every anyone. Like every uh, like every uh, baby boomer who runs a business, if somebody uh, quits or gets fired, you don't replace them. You just give their work to three other people. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. increase and you hire well. no one uh, because that's how you save money. Um, so well, that's 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 realistically what's going to happen is that uh, Betty Branch is going to be uh, become a photographer whether or not she wants it. <laughs> <laughs> it is absolutely crazy to me that he doesn't just give Peter the staff job though, because yeah, and not just solely because he's been there a long time, because in some ways that shouldn't really matter. What does matter is mm. that Peter's consistently delivered on the one thing they want, which is Spider Man content. Uh, okay, not Spider Man. As you said, with his hand in the cookie jar, right? But yeah. you know, he's still he's providing these same photos that Brock is now offering to provide. So, what's the difference? <laughs> I think because Peter's never asked for more. Yeah, you know, like it. Why mess with it if the kid is willing to debase himself the way he mm-hmm. is? Yeah, um, I've I've got no incentive to change things. Right. Um, but Brock brings up a staff job. Right, right. Yeah, Peter has, you know, as far as Jonah knows, like Peter is just like, yeah, no, this freelance life is really working out for me. I love the gig economy. Um, <laughs> oh, everyone does, which is, yes. Which has been said by no one um, <laughs> in the history of our culture. Well, yeah, Peter's uh, not the kind of guy who would bring it up, though, is he? He's not going to go, oh, you know, I really want to raise, I'd really want a staff job, blah, blah. He's not going to say that. I do like when we cut to the coverage of Robbie to like act as the angel on Jonah's shoulder to be like, he's right. You know, Peter's been with us for years. He's done a great job that that in that frame, they also have the um, the newspaper photo of of what you guys brought up. The the one time he was totally selfless mm-hmm. when the Green Goblin attacked the Bugle office. That's the other headline that's there is remember the time that you were selfless and helped Peter out when you didn't have to remember yeah. that type of thing it's almost like the i don't know if we would ever catch that while we're watching it but that the the detail is there mm-hmm. i appreciate it. Mm. that's the thing i do love about the raimi movies though is the fact that like you, you could look at this you know you guys are looking at it in quite a deep way of like oh maybe jonah's deliberately doing this to put a fire you know under peter's ass and stuff whereas you could look at a mm-hmm. base level it's like jonah just wants whatever's going to get him whatever he can and he's just like yeah two mm-hmm. guys going for the thing and whatever, maybe I'll hire one, but I don't care. Like, he's just sort of... But then you always get, within the Raimi movies, there's always that thing of, like, there is always a, an inherently good quality to the most villainous of people. Because mm-hmm. even then, you yeah. get later in this movie, like, you know, Peter's landlord is nothing but a dick to him for the longest time. And then as soon as Peter hits back, he's just like, oh, he's he's a good kid. Something must be up. Like, cause, you know, it, it, yeah. it, it's... But that's the thing I always kind of pondered. Uh, if you look at it in the wider scope, uh, if you don't just accept it as complete coincidence, whereas like the Raimi movies is always about like everything is always just raining crap on Peter Parker. Like he's just the mm-hmm. most unfortunate guy who happens to be a superhero. Mm-hmm. And yet uh, she, like it's almost as if God has it in for him. And then at the end of this movie, Edward, Edward Brock Jr. comes and praise to god for, for the death of peter parker <laughs> and then is instantly granted the symbiote suit and i was like does sam raimi's god of the spider-man universe hate peter parker and he's like, yes take the damn suit That's evil get him get him he's uh 
He's well. It, he's being a life lesson. It's not that he hates. It's not that he hates. Uh, it's it's not that uh, Sam Raimi's God hates uh, Peter Parker. It's that Sam Raimi is God in this, and <laughs> he loves abusing his actors. <laughs> God, no. It's like oh, you know that, that Bruce Campbell guy. He can tell you some stories, kids, oh, yeah. about the things I put him through. Old, old beatings. <laughs> Shut up! Get out. <laughs> <laughs> um, so this, there's a the bit where, um, you know, when when uh, when he turns around and and uh, he's like, you know, does anybody care what I want? And then, uh, you know, comes up with this scenario where he's going to pit them against each other. If you look at Topher Grace, it's as if no one told him to act in this moment because he is completely frozen. Like he might as well be a wax figure of himself. Um, for the amount <laughs> of expression that is on his face uh, during this. I assume it's because he thought he would be out of focus during the whole yeah. time. But then like when he goes back into focus, you look at him and he just looks dead inside. <laughs> it's like he's waiting for a cue. Yeah. 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 I think you're right. I think it must have been like when they set up the shot. They're like, yeah, it's just really close, tight on, you know, JJ's face. So that's the... That's where the focus is. So he was like, oh, I can relax yeah. or something. Yeah, he's just frozen. Uh, yeah. I do love the switch in, in Jonah, though. Like you were saying earlier, Zach, like he does have this kind of like, I'm so tired. Like, I, yeah. can't, even, <laughs> I can't even yell at Ted properly. But then once you get him onto his favorite subject about how much he hates Spider-Man, <laughs> the life just comes back into him. Mm-hmm. Where just the glint magically reappears in his eye. I'm like, wait a minute. That's all that fuels this man. <laughs> Pure hatred. <laughs> Ooh, also, if you look on the uh, the board behind Eddie, uh, you can see that the last thing that uh, Hoffman did present was the rebate idea. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, look, there it is. Yeah. yeah. A quarter, 50 cents. Yeah. 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 So he moved the <laughs> the slogan up to the upper right corner. Right. And then did his pitch of the rebate and the rest of the space. Oh my god, that can't have gone any better than the rest of it did. Yeah, I mean, oh, uh, the worst. Ju- it really justifies I'm getting chucked out of that office now. It's like, yeah, yeah you, you, that was a doozy of a terrible, terrible idea. <laughs> Absolutely. I'll give you a quarterback. <laughs> we'll see. Also, uh, <laughs> well, what's? Uh, I had a question. Like, what's Jameson's obsession with? Like. Uh, yeah, how how bloody insistent he is that Spidey is a crook. Like this is all he, he just wants to catch him in the act. Mm-hmm. What what evidence has there ever been that he's done anything? Well, in the in the comics, the reason for his insistence is that uh, he believes that if Spider Man is as good as he seems to be, then what does that say about Jonah? Like, what does that what does it say about me? If this guy is so good in, yeah. and just inherent, so there has to be something bad about him. See, because great. if there isn't, then I'm an I'm I'm a jerk. Like I'm a terrible person. Um, and so that's like his whole reasoning behind why he goes after Spider Man so hard. Um, I don't know about this Jonah. No, there's nothing. It's they just he's just decided he's evil. Yeah, he's got to be. He's got a hunch. Actually, appropriate enough, I randomly got it paused at 40 seconds in. Mm-hmm. And the composite of the shot actually has the headline behind. It's, it's a photo of Spider-Man that says, you know, who is Spider-Man? 
but it's blended together to who is J. Jonah Jameson, editor-in-chief? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. oh look at that. That's interesting. The question Ooh. we should all be asking, who is J. Jonah Jameson? <laughs> Philosophical question. Hmm. Oh, that's pretty great. Also, when it, because it says who is Spider-Man on the actual uh, uh, thing, the two people standing next to that are Peter Parker and soon-to-be evil Spider-Man. Mm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Who is interesting. the real Spider-Man? That's pretty good. Hey, that's pretty good. <laughs> uh, you so... want to see something bad, though? This giant yes, NY sign that appears in oh, the next boy. shot. Yeah. <laughs> this like these digital screens mm-hmm. I do not buy at all. What's interesting though is the um the uh the animation going from a from a heart into a Spider-Man face. Uh there was a a thing with this movie that uh when you saw it um you could uh buy an enamel pin that was like a spidey face inside of a heart and it was like I think the it went oh. to like heart disease. Um, if you, if you bought the pin, so I very specifically remember that. And it just reminds me of that, like the, yeah. the heart and then the spidey face just I like it now. Of, uh, You've changed my opinion. On it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's right. nice. That's worth it. Um, and then, uh, within hours of it happening, uh, because Spider-Man saved the, uh, police captain's daughter, <laughs> um, they've, uh, uh-huh. they've decided to give him the key to the city. Uh, well, because she is the princess of right. New York. Right, Gwen Stacy so. is the princess yeah. of New York, so that makes sense. That's all you <laughs> yeah. got to do to get the key to the city. Yeah. Uh, that's just weird that like, Spider-Man's a, a hero you know will show up to accept this as well. Like, mm-hmm. if you pitch, like, if Gotham was like, we're giving Batman the key to the city, he's like, well, he's not going to show. No. Like, <laughs> he's not going to appear in front of a crowd of people that are like, hey, it's me. Thanks so much. But, I know it might be Spider-Man, some... at least in this movie in particular, it's like, yeah, he will, you know, if it's ego or if it's just like, this is the type of guy he is. It's like, yeah, I'll show up and <laughs> say hello to people and stuff. And I know it might be symbolic, but Spider-Man don't need no damn key. A grossly oversized key? Come on. Yeah. He doesn't even have anywhere to put it. Like his apartment's so small. Yeah. <laughs> well, that is one thing actually it's not in our minutes, so I didn't I didn't bring it up initially, but when I was watching the movie, I loved That didn't stop Nile, so talk about uh, well, whatever you yeah. want. <laughs> I loved everyone's uh like living space. Because uh-huh. for once in a movie it got across a real sense. Well, I mean, the other two did as well. A real sense of this is how someone in a big city would live. It looked like an apartment I would have lived in. Uh huh. Yeah. You know, like it yeah. felt real. Whereas normally in these movies, these twenty-somethings have gigantic apartments that you'd never afford in New York. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Come on, but but Peter lives somewhere real. It looks lived in. Yeah. It's great. Yeah, he's he's one of us. He's not. Yeah, he doesn't have a fortress of solitude. He doesn't have a bat cave. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. He's well, a... even even the um even the Harry uh, Peter apartment from the first movie, while it's it is large, it's realistically large. It's like, oh yeah, this is this is a large apartment in terms of New York, uh, yeah. where it's like, oh yeah, a rich kid would be able to afford an apartment this big, but it's not so big that it's the friend's apartment. You know, yeah, and it's not fancy. <laughs> right. Yeah, it never feels sitcommy. Uh, we save that for the establishing shots, <laughs> right? Um, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's it, 
it's again it's it's things like that or like when we have people with like one line here or there reacting to spider-man we're like the, the new york feels lived in like an actual place it's not just it, it's not one of those movies that we get a lot nowadays where it feels like the superheroes only talk to other superheroes ever mm-hmm. you know yeah that's a good point actually you get that a lot don't you like they don't even if they do talk to a let's say normal person it never feels like a real interaction <laughs> that you're ever going to remember <laughs> yeah. you only care about their you know superhero interactions whereas this is very different mm. yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah that's spidey yeah but like an interaction I mean, Sp- spidey still does it yeah in the mcu yeah. but pretty much nobody else mm. friendly neighborhood but, uh, spider-man but talking about interactions mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> yeah there we go <laughs> we get uh we get uh stan lee which is um his only I believe it's his only speaking role in the Raimi movies, right? What did he do in the second one? Um, I know he pulls that woman out of the way of the rock in the in the in of the debris in the first movie, but I don't remember what he does in the second movie. I thought you meant the rock, Dwayne Johnson. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, the rock's coming through. Man, I don't remember. Yeah, I, don't know. I have to say though. Uh, so I guess now, like, isn't it official that Endgame will be the, that's the last Stanley cameo? Yes. Is that the yes? Because I have to say that for the last cameo, it's pretty weak sauce. Like, yeah, no, the last cameo should have been the Into the Spider Verse uh, a cameo, and I'm going to forever remember it that way. Um, so yeah, let's I'm just go. gonna Even pretend like, uh, that that was the last. He one. didn't know it was gonna be his last one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But just imagine because it it serves no purpose is so easily cut out. It's like they should have gone for the live action movies like that one in Captain Marvel's perfect because it's just like that's Stanley started getting in that kind of thing when, you know, Kevin Smith got him in from all rats. I kind of got a, oh, this guy's back in the limelight now. And then after that, he starts getting cameos in Marvel Mm -hmm, movies. mm -hmm. And then the last one ever was like a a Marvel character actually smiling at him and him reading the script for Mallrats, that would have been a beautiful full circle. Yeah, that would have been pretty good. And then instead you get this random one in Endgame, which is just like, why is that there? It's just because you had the footage? And his guess is like, yeah, it's the last one. But it's like, ah, I would have, I'm sure other people would have felt otherwise, but I was like, it's so sort of like, eh, you might as well have just cut it and just had it be like, no. Captain yeah. Marvel was the last one. And then the Spider-Verse one is also perfect oh, as well. But so. it's, right. it's the culmination of everything they've been working towards. I think they felt like we have to put him in. Yeah. Mm. Uh, for the record, his uh, his cameo in Spider-Man 2 is uh, he is all he's again pulling someone out of the way of falling debris. Um, uh, during the, uh, the, the scene where Doc Ock uh, kidnaps Aunt May. So... Um, no, I just really like as well at the moment in the Marvel comics, you might have seen they're posting his old um, his old soapbox writings, you know, like mm. in, the, in the old issues back in the 60s, 70s, etc. He would do like a little column and the, the current issues are, are um, publishing those like the, the old ones. Uh-huh. And he comes across like a mm. really cool dude with his like, yeah, really hip slang. And uh, there's a whole one I was reading the other day that was very anti-racism. And I thought, like, oh, yeah, I like this guy anyway. And now I love him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, I've, I mean, I've done I've done uh, extensive research on uh, on Stanley um, and Stanley's life uh, for uh, reasons I won't get into. But 
Um, <laughs> but, but it's, uh, he, he's a really interesting guy and he's, uh, he's a flawed guy, but, um, you know, I think a lot of his flaws are largely misunderstandings. Um, I don't, mm-hmm. I don't think he was as ego driven as uh, a lot of people like to think that he is. Um, mm. uh, you know, they, they, they don't like it when people take credit for things that they don't think that they earned. Um, but it's he was also trying to do another thing. Uh, he had something else going on yeah. during that yeah. time, which was he was trying to legitimize comic books, um, and he succeeded yeah. uh, ultimately. You Somehow. know, and uh, it just took a really long time. But you know, with without him, I don't even know if we would have comic books now today. Yeah. No, oh, they so. died definitely. I mean, it's like because the, the fact that the line is like, oh, I guess one person can make a difference. And it is kind of like that's a nice sentiment because you know, you could almost apply it to you know the, the face of Marvel, Stan Lee for all these things right. he's created. But then yes, the other half, absolutely. you're like, well, you also had you know Steve Ditko there, <laughs> Jack, Jack Kirby, Kirby Jack Kirby, yeah, yeah. yeah. screw those guys. Well, a few people worked in those Marvel offices, Stan. But the- yeah, mm-hmm. but he definitely did make a difference. I mean, the the legacy is the legacy is so big, and I think that's much more obvious even now than it was in 2007. Mm. Yeah. Know? For sure, yeah, um, yeah. I mean, it's a it's 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 a tough one. I and I imagine that if you did a like a marathon screening of these films again in theaters, um, and we got to this moment, I feel like this would get a much larger reaction today than it ever did before. Oh God! Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Sure. Like like people would see this moment and be like, oh my God, because I think most people haven't seen Spider Man three in a really long time. Um, and probably have forgotten what, what exactly his cameo is in this movie. Um, and then seeing this in this moment now, uh, you know, post uh, his death, I feel like this moment plays a lot differently than it did in 2007. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, all right. Well, uh, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll, we have more Stan uh, that we'll be talking about next week um, as we uh, wrap up his cameo on Monday. Um, but uh, that's all we got for uh, John and Niall. So one more time, why don't you tell people where they can find you? I thought you were going to take it away now. You want to do this one, John, or should, should I take it? <laughs> yeah, I did it last time. You do it now. I'll relax uh, okay. for the cool uh, Well, uh, yeah, you can find us on uh, We're Bat Minutes. We are covering the Batman movies from 89 up through the 90s, uh, one minute at a time. We have now officially finished the Burton era. Uh, so two se- two whole seasons are sitting out there. Uh, you know, Batman, Batman Returns, and we'll be coming back later this year to start on Batman Forever, which I am very much looking forward to. Yes. Uh, you can get us on all your usual social medias, and if you just type in Bat Minute into Google, whatever your whatever you hope to find us on, whatever sites, we should be on there. So um, you come on and uh, you know listen to the show, hopefully enjoy it, and uh, we have the Bat Minute Listeners Cave. Where people come over and have a chit chat about all things Batman and Tim Burton and Michael Keaton and all of the people related, uh, and uh, yeah, had a good time over there. And you're everyone's welcome. So mm-hmm. pop on over when you can. And as of recording, we are due to uh, record and release a special all about Halle Berry's Catwoman. Oh, that'll be fun. Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> That's gonna be something. <laughs> oh boy! Yikes! Yeah. All right. Uh, man, um, quite uh, say, quite quite the um, basketball scene in that movie. 
But I will also say thanks for letting us come on, guys. I was just so thankful to get these minutes because had it been later in the movie, I think my reviews would have been a little less glowing. Um, but this is <laughs> such a such a good week for 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 Spider Man Three. And yeah. I'll say like I know like my first memory of this movie was like uh, I remember I was in second year of university, didn't have my own computer, but I went out early early in the morning to go down to queue to buy tickets <laughs> to a wow. Morrissey concert mm. and then I came <laughs> back up and I looked on Ain't It Cool News and saw the first teaser poster for Spider-Man 3 and was like, wow. And it's like, 12 years later, the legacy of all those things, Morrissey, <laughs> Spider-Man 3, and Ain't It Cool News are really, <laughs> really <laughs> not age well. So. You've discovered the, uh, the triad of evil. Yeah. Wow! <laughs> wow! Uh, well, there's only one we're interested in rehabilitating on this show. But, uh... <laughs> oh yeah! All right. Well, uh, thanks so much for uh, joining us, guys. And uh, we will be back on Monday. But in the meantime, if you want to hear more from us or the other people at Dueling Genre, you're going to want to support us on Patreon at duelinggenre.com slash support. All we ask for is three dollars a month, and you'll gain access to. Uh, all of the extra podcasts and content that we put out on our Patreon page. So uh, it's not much that we're asking for, and uh, you get a lot in return, a lot of bang for your buck. So make sure that uh, you uh, go support us on Patreon. We appreciate everyone who does that. That is duelinggenre.com slash support, and we will see you on Monday with Minute 41. Bye, everybody. Bye. Cheerio. Did I get the staff job? <laughs>